Good morning, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be exceedingly glad in it. My name is Anthony Moore. I serve as the senior pastor of Carolina Church, located in Fort Washington, Maryland. You are on the Carolina Prayer Call Line. Thank you for your presence on today and for the discipline that you, in fact, display in rising early in the morning with your mind focused and stayed on the Lord Jesus Christ. I, in fact, um, have been asked on numerous occasions um, about the second coming of Jesus Christ, and I think it's mainly because of what we have been witnessing happen in the land, Um, whether it is locally, whether it is nationally or internationally, um, many persons who are woke are trying to align the events of the times with the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I thought today that I would share with you all some biblical instructions and principles in regarding the second coming of of Jesus Christ. I do want to start by saying to you that the second coming of Jesus Christ is the hope of believers that God is in control of all things and is faithful to the promises and the prophecies in his word. I do want I do want to make sure you all have heard me correctly that the second coming of Christ is not something that's detrimental to the believers. As a matter of fact, the second coming of Jesus Christ is the hope of believers that God is in control of all things and is faithful to the promises and the prophecies that we see in his word. Now, in his first coming, Jesus came to earth as a baby in a manger in Bethlehem, just as was prophesied. Jesus fulfilled many of the prophecies of the Messiah during his birth, not only during his birth, but also during his life and during his ministry and certainly during his death and resurrection. But there are some prophecies regarding the Messiah that Jesus has not yet fulfilled. So the second coming of Christ will be the return of Christ to fulfill those remaining prophecies. In his first coming, Jesus was the suffering servant. In his second coming, Jesus will be the conquering king. In his first coming, Jesus arrived in the most humble of circumstances. But in his second coming, Jesus will arrive with the armies of heaven at his side. Now, the Old Testament prophets did not make clearly the distinction between the two comings. 
you can see that in, or it can be seen in Isaiah 7, verse 14, which says to us, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. It's also seen in Isaiah 6, um, verse, I'm sorry, Isaiah 9, verses um, 6 through 7. Isaiah 9, verses 6 through 7 is the familiar passage of Scripture. Many of us have heard it before, those of us who are believers. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of the peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice, with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. So the zeal of the Lord of the hosts will do that. Now, that's, that was Isaiah 9, verses 6 through 7. You can also look at Zechariah 14, verse 4. On that day, his feet shall stand on the Mount of Olives that lies before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west by a very wide valley so that one half of the mount shall move northward and the other half southward. As a result of the prophecies um, seeming to speak of two individuals, many Jewish scholars believe you all that there will be both a suffering Messiah and a conquering Messiah. Now, what they fail to understand is that there is only one Messiah, and he would fulfill both roles. He would fulfill a suffering Messiah and a conquering Messiah. So the Lord Jesus Christ is going to fulfill both roles. Jesus fulfilled the role of the suffering servant, Isaiah chapter 53, in his first coming. He will fulfill the role of Israel's deliverer and king in his second coming. If you look at Zechariah 12, Zechariah 12, verse 10, I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy so that when they look on me, on him whom they have pierced, they shall mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and weep bitterly over him as one weeps over a firstborn. But you can also look at Revelation 1, verse 7, and you will also see the very same thing there in Revelation 1, verse 7. Behold, he's coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. Revelation um, and Zechariah, both describing the second coming, look back to Jesus being pierced. Israel and the whole world will mourn for not having accepted the Messiah the first time he came. Now, after Jesus ascended into heaven, the angels declared to the apostles, men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus 
who have been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Um, um, Zechariah 14 and 4 identifies the location of the second coming as the Mount of Olives. Matthew 24 and 30 declares, at that time the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. In Titus chapter 2, verse 13, it describes the second coming as a glorious appearing. It's a glorious appearing. According to Titus chapter 2, verse 13, it's a glorious appearing that's going to take place as it relates to Jesus' second coming. Now, the second coming is um, spoken of in greatest detail in Revelation 19, verses 11 through 16. If you look at Revelation 19, verse 11 through 16, that second coming is spoken about in great detail. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his heads are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He's dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has his name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that's according to Revelations, you all, 19 verses 11 through 11 through 16. So, my brothers and sisters, the truth of the matter is there will be a second coming. And the second coming of Jesus Christ um, is our hope. It's the hope of the believers that God is in control of all things. Not two messiahs, but one. The, the, the suffering Messiah was what we first saw when Jesus came. But then the second coming, it's going to be the conquering Messiah. I want to ask you all um, um, to help me pray for some of the persons who have sent information into us, asking us, Pastor, would you pray for me? So I want to ask you all if you'd be so kind to help me now to intercede on behalf. I've given you the instructions that God's given to me relative to his second coming. Just wanted to kind of give you answers. Some questions that have been given to me proposed as a result of what's happening in the land. 
there will be a second coming. And for those of us who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, it's a hope that we have now. God's going to crack the sky, and Jesus himself shall appear. Would you join me in interceding on behalf of Brother Larry Thomas and Jackie Thomas? You can share in Durham. I want you to join me for praying for Brother Gary Davis, who was diagnosed with cancer. I want to pray for Harry Mason. Continual prayer for Barry Hayes. I want to pray today for healing for Kathleen and Michael Davis, for Wanda Watkins-Pitt, who's recovering from surgery, um, Marie Ray and family. Her son, Stuart, um, was shot nine times. We are praying. We're praying for those with breast cancer and praying for breast cancer survivors praying for those persons who have been diagnosed with any form of cancer. Prayer requests um, for Christy Ingram, we lift in prayer today. Mary Davis and Deacon Evelyn Mack. Martina Baxter, Associate Pastor Talia White. Sister Velda Jones, we lift in prayer. Gailene Musgrove. Praying for Valerie Jones, who's been diagnosed with um, stage 2 lung cancer. Praying for Stephen, Pastor Stephen Thomas, Pastor Stephen Tucker. We're praying today for Pastor Thurm James. For Reverend Harold Brinkley, we lift in prayer. We lift in prayer those bereaved families, those persons who are dealing with grief, I'm praying for those persons who are yet dealing with depression and mental illnesses that are keeping them bound and crippled. I'm praying today for those who are suffering with sickness in their bodies, migraine headaches, hypertension. I'm praying today for those who are wrestling with diabetes, with arthritis in the limbs, we lift you in prayer today. I'm praying today for those who have limited mobility. I'm praying today for those who are yet having tears in their eyes. I'm praying today for the downtrodden. I'm going to ask you to help me to intercede on behalf of the land. Y'all, we need to pray for our young We need to pray for our children. And while I have your attention, let me challenge you all. We're living in the last days. We ought not be giving our children an opportunity to choose whether it's going to be God in your household. We need to be bringing our children to the Lord. And so I'm going to challenge you all today who are leaving your children at home while you come to worship and while you attend Bible study. The enemy has declared war upon our children. All you have to do is look at what's happening in our streets. 
I'm praying today that the minds of our young people will be given back to God. You are, I need you to help me today. I need you to help me. I need you to not assist the enemy with robbing our children of their minds. But I need you to bring your children to God. Uh, Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I pray today that, Lord, you will get glory from our coming together early this morning. God, let it not be in vain. God, forgive us for all of our sins that we've committed, for the things that we've done that are not like you. Forgive us, God, for those things you've called us out of. And rather than coming out, we have flirted with darkness. God, we need you. So I pray today for every prayer request that has come forth, that, Lord, you forgive us of our sins. Heal the land. Heal our bodies. Deliver us, God, from the hand of the enemy. God, come again. We come against every sickness, every, every, everything that's not like you. Move it now in Jesus' name. God, we need you. For every name that's been called, for every name that wasn't called that should have been called, for every name that you know that ought to be prayed for, God, do it for us now. I pray for churches and for pastors that we would be the mouthpiece, God, declaring in these troubled times that Jesus Christ is Lord. God, help us to declare it with power, not with trepidation, but to be bold in our witness, God, that men and women will know that the only answer is you, God. Now, Lord, hear our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray, and all the people of God said amen. God bless you all. Thank you for your time today, and I uh, look forward to meeting you all back here next Wednesday, if the Lord delays his coming. And it is his will. God bless you. On your mark, get set. Let's grow. In Jesus' name. Love you all much. Bye-bye.